This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! What's going on, BeatSource? What's happening, everybody? How are you feeling? Good, I hope. Getting to the end of the year, guys. The holiday season. I know it can be stressful. I hope your gigs are fruitful and full of amazing experiences. Um, thank you guys for tuning in week after week. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource Streaming uh, is an amazing thing that we have got on BeatSource.com. It gives you the ability to DJ from the cloud. We've got these uh, constantly updated playlists um, made by our expert curators. We've got all types of genres. We've got all types of edits that cannot be found anywhere else. And BeatSource is the spot, okay? You can do crazy things. You can utilize it in Serato with the stems. You can utilize it inside of the hardware. Go on BeatSource.com to learn more. You're going to love it. I used it at um, a corporate gig last week and it was incredible okay I will say real life use um, I, I had some of the playlists some of the corporate playlists some of the holiday playlists I was able to pick from those use intros they had and it was great so go on beatsource.com I'm sure they got some kind of free trial situation get that up um, now on the show today we have a DJ with 20 plus years experience but he is also killing it in this new world of social media and DJ related posts with nearly 2 million followers across TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube he has been able to be his authentic self and post DJ blends, mixes and related content to grow his following and build his DJ career we discuss public speaking and personal development. He gives us some different things that have helped him along the way, books, classes, and things that were really interesting. Um, we talk tips on social media, posting, going viral, which he knows a lot about, uh, building your own company, building your own personal brand online, and how that translates to bigger and better gigs, whether TikTok's going to help you more, whether Instagram's going to help you more, all of that we discuss um, we talk about how to raise your DJ rates, which I think is not discussed enough. Um, balancing family and DJ life, which is what a lot of us have to deal with. Um, and I also need to shout out Boise, Idaho. Yes, he taught me to say it, Boise. I guess that's the local way. Because I think this is the first time we've had someone from that part of the country. So shout out to Idaho. Shout out to this man right here. Please welcome to the show, DJ Eric Rhodes. All right, we're here. It's the 20 Podcast. We are live and direct from Beverly Hills, California, with the one and only DJ Eric Rhodes. Make some noise. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up? Hey. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming out here and doing this. Uh, Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Um, you are out here from Boise, Idaho, right? Boise, Idaho. Yeah, Gotta Boise, say. if you're... Uh, Boise. Okay, Boise. Yes. <laughs> it's like uh I, I don't want I want to say it the correct way. Yeah, yeah. Um you're probably the first Idaho DJ we've had on on the 20 podcast. I think we've hit 
many countries, continents, states, and uh, you're the first person from Idaho, Boise, uh, on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah. thanks for making it happen. I'm so glad we got to do it in person. Um, you just explained to me why you were out here, which I didn't even realize. I thought because you did a gig in Vegas um, on Wednesday, and I know we had the Beatport party last night that you came out for, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, maybe you just popped out here to do this, which I appreciate, but you were telling me your family's out here too, and you're going to be in yeah. here for some family events for the weekend, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. My daughter has a cheer competition in yeah. Anaheim. So like, yeah, let's just combine this trip and, Perfect. and and make the most of it. That's how to do it. That's, yeah. that's what I've been doing with my life too. I try to combine, you know, the DJ dad life and for all the DJs out there that, that have a family, you know, the best thing to do is try to combine everything together. You know, I feel like it's great for us, kind of shows your kids in a way that you can still live your life and follow your dreams and still support them and still make your stuff happen, you know? So absolutely. It's been a learning year for me, right? Going from just doing events in Idaho to traveling all over the country right? and balancing this family life with the DJ life and uh, having opportunities like this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't have it down. You know what I mean? I've been <laughs> experiencing perfect. that for a long time, but it's it's hard. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. like, right answer to it. Um, I think you just kind of judge it. But I think that there was times where I put so much time and effort into my job that I would be like, there's no way I'll never stay home. I'll never go to any event for, like, my wife or kid or anything. And um, since the pandemic, I've really made more of a effort to do that kind of stuff because – you know, those memories are the things that will never go away. And some, some gigs are once in a lifetime, but some you'll do again, you know? So it's good to be with your fam. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think without them, DJing would not be rewarding. If I didn't have my family, I didn't have that love at home. But at the same time, if I only stayed home, then I'd be wishing I was out and about. So it's like, it's that, it's a balance. It is a balance and it's, it's hard to find. We've had other mother DJs, father DJs, you know, on here. And it's been really cool to get all their different perspectives and see how they handle it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the main, the main through line is spend time with your kids and your, and your spouse. If you're still, you know, that's important to you. Um, and, uh, it'll, it's an important thing to do, but, um, but yeah, so, so like you said, you've been really, um, thrown into this traveling world and doing these other big events. So let's go back and give people that don't know much about you a little info on who you are and what you do. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I I was uh, raised in Idaho, small town, maybe 20,000 people, but I was always really into music. And what was the city? What town? Lewiston. Okay. Lewiston, Lewiston. Idaho. All right. Right on the the confluence of the Snake and Clearwater River that turns into the Columbia that takes you to the ocean. Uh, Sounds beautiful. Idaho, Washington. It is. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful state. (laughs) Idaho, Washington kind of border. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So grew up there, uh, always into music. Yeah. It's always the guy, the kid that like had. Mixtapes, mix CDs. I wasn't good at basketball, but I'd make the CDs really? to hype them up before the games. Nice. And, and, but I never was a DJ. Right. Where did that come from, that music influence that you were into that so much? My mom was really into music. Really okay. into So I grew up on 80s music. Uh, right. Michael Jackson, NXS, uh, Madonna. It's like, you know, just Classic. pop music. She loved pop music. Yeah. Um, but had... Elton John records and things from the 60s and 70s. So right. I, I, I was just fascinated with that music records playing with their vinyl. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I, right. I grew up on that and then got to college, went to a rave. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with Rave C99, I think it was. Right. 2000-ish. Okay. Um, and I saw two DJs from Seattle, all vinyl sets, going back and forth on four decks, and I just was enthralled. Amazing. In that. And I, the next day, I took student loan money, which I wouldn't recommend you do. Well, maybe you do. <laughs> it worked for me. Yeah. But I uh, took student loan money, bought uh, turntables, records, little junky mixer, and just went for it. Amazing. Do you remember who those DJs were or no? Sean Lowe. And uh, I can't remember who the other one was. Okay. Well, shout to Sean They were Lowe. legends back then, man. They were <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, that's so dope. It was funny. I was with Steve Wonder last night, and me and him used to do four turntable vinyl sets. You know, that was yeah. like our thing. And pre-Serato, and that was like our way to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to do two instrumentals. You do the acapella. Then you bring in that mm. next song. And that was like the only way to make these ideas happen as DJs, you know? And then when Serato came out, we were like, oh my God, we can just have the acapella, <laughs> you know, and do these other things. So yeah. that was such an interesting thing. And it was funny because I've seen the resurgence of vinyl now. It's so interesting. Like there's oh, yeah. so many places opening that are vinyl only or DJs doing vinyl sets. And I've been asked to do vinyl sets and I got asked to do one next Monday. And I'm like, I don't even know where, you know, I'm like, if I'm getting back into that, I want to go to 45s. Like, I don't want to bring all the crates anymore. <laughs> I thought we got okay. away from that, but yeah. I was telling Steve, I'm like, we need to bust out our two by four routines that we used to do, you know, and be like, all right, this is what we used to do on vinyl. If you really want to see, you know, for sure. That'd be fun. But, um, yeah, that's such a, it's such a funny thing that was very similar for me too. Like I went to raves in the nineties and had, I thought they were making the music at first. And then I remember seeing same thing two by four, like I think RAW and DJ trance or these guys would mm. do it. And, and same thing that I was like, I want to do that. Like I need to figure out they're manipulating the records and I loved hip hop, but then seeing them do it with dance music and mix it together. It was just sure. like such an eye opening inspirational thing for me as well. So yeah. similar path. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. then, so you went to raves, you got into all that and, um, took the student loan money, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bought the equipment and, um, what just started practicing in your room and just, Sure. Being Sur like surrounding myself with other DJs, trying okay. to learn. This was at the University of Idaho, which is okay. right across from Washington State right. University. So, And were there many was, other DJs? I mean, there was a good scene of DJs oh, back then up there. Yeah. A lot nice. of guys coming in from Seattle. Uh, I think some from Boise. Okay. We're going to school up there. So right. I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Just spinning house tracks, a little bit of drum and bass, break beats. Right. Got into that. House was my, my jam. So okay. I, I ended up going that route and just- nice. It was a hobby. I just did it as a hobby. Of course. Moved to Boise in 2005 and started playing small lounges and, and bars. But it was I, I stuck with house music, indie dance music. That was kind of my jam in the late 2000s. Nice. Um, and loved it. But it was always a hobby to me. I never thought I would get into, say, weddings or corporate events. Right. But I had a career in TV news. Oh, okay. Locally. So up until about 2009, you were doing the TV news 2007 job. to 2011, I was in TV news. Okay. And doing what were you side, doing? Uh, I was a vi uh, videographer, photojournalist, okay. and then I became the producer for two years. Oh, so cool. I produced like, you know, the local nine o'clock news show. Right. Um, and it was a cool job, but at the same time, the, the money wasn't good. The hours were bad. My wife and I were about to have a baby and I'm like, man, do I, is this the kind of life I want to live? I'm yeah. 30 years old, kind of thinking about my future and I didn't, it didn't seem appealing to me. Yes. But at the same time, I was doing these DJ gigs on the weekend, loving right. them. And I thought, you know what? 
let's do it. A buddy of mine had me do a wedding. I didn't, I was reluctantly going to do the wedding. He paid like 500 bucks and right. I did the wedding and I was like, that actually was kind of fun. Nice. If I could make that full time, I would be much happier than trying to work this job. Right. And so that's how I got into it. Started my business in 2011 as Rhodes wow. Entertainment and really haven't looked back since. That's so. cool. I mean, that's a huge risk, you know, to be taking from like whether the job was maybe not as much money as you wanted. It was still a solid job and something you could depend on. And benefits. you're about to have a kid, you know, benefits. All exactly. Things, all yeah. that. Like, you know, as a DJ and someone that owns your own business, you those are some of the things you don't think about as well, too. I have a family, too. Like, we have to pay for health insurance for everybody. It's not like yeah. either of us yeah. have the kind of job that covers us. And, you know, there's all those kind of things that you have to factor in. Um, and it, it's a big risk. You have to have a certain element of faith, right, that things are going to work out, even in the down times, you know, because it's going to be a roller coaster no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, my brother sent me a book when I did that, decided that I was leaving. He sent me a book called The Slight Edge by okay. Jeff Olson. Okay. And it basically said, um, you know, you're going to have to be consistent for a long period of time in order to kind of make your vision a reality, Yeah, basically. Right. And so I just had that. I understood that. I was like, all right, this may be five years before I'm actually a full-time DJ. Who yeah. knows? And it took about four or five years before I didn't have to wait tables on the side and do these things. Yeah. This crazy lifestyle. Right. Um, but I just believed in it, was consistent, and eventually was able to take it full-time and make it a, an actual career. I love that. And so, the fact that you waited tables and did what you had to do on the side no matter what just to make this a reality is really cool you know and commendable yeah i just decided man i'm not giving up on this yeah. like i'll do whatever it takes to to get where i want to be that's and, incredible uh, it took a long time but yeah it's been a fun journey nice so so you started the company around 2011 2012 mm -hmm. um and it was primarily based what towards trying to get weddings 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 and corporate events some and, birthday parties things like that but it was right. very like weddings are where the money's at. It's like a mobile, what people call mobile, mobile DJ. DJ service. Yeah, I was I a mobile guess. DJ. Right. Um, so that was your life basically, what, for the past, for from about that for like eight to 10 years before you decided to start kind of going hard on social media and posting videos and mm -hmm. mashups and those type of things. Was that sort of a big change? Was it, you grew the business up until then and then, you posted videos on TikTok. Was that during the pandemic or pre? So I, I'll backtrack. But yeah, I started okay. uh, May of 2021. Okay. So it was right like after, kind of after the during. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was that in, but it, in, in and out. In 2020, I wasn't, I wasn't posting Okay, when everybody was in their house. and you know, Were you streaming or doing anything? I did a little bit on Facebook, but. Right. Then they shut all that down after about a month. Yeah. So that was about it. I really, totally. I really wasn't heavily involved in, in streaming during, during okay. the pandemic until, until 21. But what happened for me, and I think what's an interesting part of my story is, yeah. you know, it seemed like as I got busy enough and popular enough in my market, I was getting too many leads and I couldn't take them all. So okay. the natural next step was to hire DJs and totally. give them business. Right. And then Build I could take team. a cut and make, yeah. So that was the goal. After a couple of years of that, I realized I didn't like managing people. That wasn't, my heart wasn't into it. I wasn't yes. DJing for fun anymore. It was just a grind and I was unhappy. And I decided in 2019 that I, at, towards the end, which luckily that happened right before the pandemic, yeah. I didn't have a team anymore, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to let you guys go. I want to focus on just my own brand, marketing, DJing, doing things that I love to do. Yeah. And I, 
once again, took that leap of faith. I was like, I'm going to lose some money in the beginning, but I think if I just go all in on this, that's when I'm going to be successful. So I had all the time and energy to focus on my, what I love to do, which is DJing. And like I said, marketing, personal branding and building net relationships, all these things. Right. So when it came time in 2021, I had time and energy to want to focus on posting videos. I yeah. think if I was still running my business, I might not have put any energy into it and I might not be where I'm at today. Interesting. So yeah. And I set a goal in 2021, April, 2021, I wanted to do five to seven Instagram stories every day for 30 days. And that's, this is like the, the origin story yeah. of it. Yeah. And when you're, you know, I work from home, I'm in Boise, Idaho. I'm not doing these, you know, gigs every, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's a little slower. What do you post uh, in your stories on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, like I'm in my sweats, like dude, right. just doing business shit at my desk. Yeah. Uh, so I had to start getting creative because I committed to that 30 days and I wanted to promote my Mixcloud mixes. If you do that on Instagram or Facebook and you put a link to your Mixcloud, m- most likely they're going to not want to show that to people because you're sending them to another app. Totally. So th- how, how could I do this? Um, so I just propped my phone up in my office in front of my turntables, which is where you see me in my videos. Okay. And I just thought, all right, I'm going to show them one transition and maybe that will get them to want to go listen to the Mixcloud mix. Right. So I started doing that and instantly got attention from people that normally would not interact with my stories. Right. And I was like, oh shit, I'm, I think I'm onto something here. And was this your first postings just through an Instagram story? Just stories. Okay. And then my buddy Cam texted me after a couple of weeks of doing that. And he's like, bro, these are reels. These aren't stories. These are reels. Put it on Instagram. I was like, sure, okay. So yeah. I posted my first one. And whenever I never really posted reels. And I just, the, the people that liked my stuff, you know, I'd get 40 likes on a, a post. And yeah. it was all people I knew. Right. When I posted a reel, I started getting attention from, you know, a wedding planner in Dallas, Texas. Wow. And people that I'm like, oh, this is a really good opportunity to connect with people outside my market. Yeah. Um, so I posted a couple reels. Then thought TikTok was on my mind. It had been on my mind for over a year. So this I listened pre-tick to Gary Vee. You hadn't even posted on TikTok. I haven't yet. even posted TikTok, but I listened to Gary Vee during the pandemic and he kept talking about posting to TikTok. Yeah. Totally. So I never knew what to post. Right. Until this. And then I, I thought, all right, now I'm going to post yeah. this video and several others. And within a couple months, I had a, a video go viral and it was less than a year that I had almost a million followers. That's it just went nuts. so fast. It was oh my crazy. God. But um, wow. it was fun. It, it, so that's that's how it all started. Amazing. So now you have like 1.3 million on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Or something. And like almost 500,000 on Instagram. Yep. Um, yep. And um, wow, that's incredible. So the, the, the growth on TikTok is just insane, right? When you start doing it. Well, it goes back to the consistency in the book that you mentioned and anything, right? You have yeah, to, yeah. It seems like your videos are very consistent. The look of them, the amount of time you spend on the transition and the stuff like that, right? And um, that must just speak to the way they share it with people and then also the people watching it who enjoy it. You know, it's like a perfect amount of time and yeah. music. Yeah. And I think in the beginning it was, I was doing this nostalgia. I was reaching the 35 to 55 year old crowd that right. was like, Oh, I, I forgot about that song in yes. college. And, and I, I, I just grew that, um, uh, fan base right. that way. Yeah. So that, that helped a ton. How do you decide what transitions to post up? Was it just sort of a trial and error 
to see what hit or not. Yeah, sometimes I'm inspired by maybe current events. If you know, in sync is <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe coming back to do a tour. It's like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll try to drop something like that. Right. But most for the most part, it's just transitions. I think are interesting. Right. Or no, it seems I think like would you genuinely cool. love the stuff that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them will just strike a chord. Obviously, like the Morgan Wallen oh uh, Warren G one, right? Yeah, that one was nuts. I feel like that's probably your biggest one, right? Yeah, on paper it was a different video, but that video was spread around. There's so many different accounts, right? Like it's not even trackable, right? right. Like because people it. would download it, repost it, mm-hmm. do edit, like do all different insane. things. And Warren G ended up seeing it right and saying, "Yo, yeah. we should make a song out of this." And yeah, the moment Warren G FaceTimed me to talk about how do we <laughs> make this happen, and he's in his studio and it says "Regulators" behind him. I'm like, <laughs> How he's a legend. Like that? one of the first CDs I owned was was uh, his. I'm like, that's amazing. This is, this is cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that's that's incredible. So, so what things? So once you um, started doing that and uh, you got to that point, like what changed? Um, did was there a noticeable change at some point when you hit five hundred thousand followers, million followers, or one video went viral? Was there any sort of um, noticeable change at a certain time or was it just a gradual thing so in march of 2022 i'd only been on for less than a year yeah. on tiktok right i posted big booty by cash out with uh into chris Tape- chris stapleton you should probably leave yeah and at that point i had about 150,000 followers on tiktok okay i posted that video and it went viral right away and Within a month, I did the Morgan Wallen Warren G. Oh, okay. but as soon as I posted that Chris Stapleton one, yeah, um, within a week or two, it had I don't know like ten million views, and I was getting. So wow. think of, in my my mindset and what my life was, I was doing local events in Idaho. I had goals of doing big things, but this is what I was doing. Right at that point, I get a call from this lady who wants to fly me out on her private jet for this event in the Bahamas. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, this is fantastic. Oh but uh, it was that all of a sudden, my I was just flooded with leads um, and opportunities like that. Right, and, and you don't even know was what's a, real or not, right? I don't, I don't. Yeah, that one ended up not working out. She ghosted I was me. Say, I was like, that sounded. It? That's, it was like almost too good to be true. And I'm like, right. I don't even know if this person's real. And uh, then what happened? She's never. She's fell off. Yeah. I sent the contract, asked for the money, you know, and nothing happened. Uh, it was a weird you experience. asked for the money. <laughs> yeah, so it was a trip. Like, yeah. No, uh, but I mean, that's so much stuff like that. You know, that's the thing. It's hard. Like, you don't know, you know, um, who's real or who's not. And yeah. and that's where it's I've gotten better at it. Managers and stuff. I know we've had this conversation off there was like about having managers and booking agents mm-hmm. and lawyers and different people involved and whether it's beneficial or not. And um, that can be a place where it, it's helpful because you can just focus on your own things and have somebody else dealing with that kind of stuff and f- sussing it out to see if it's real or not, you know, and um, yeah, kind of. You know, which I'm still doing it on my own. It's you yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that was the point. That was the point where my life changed. Okay, dramatically. Right. And at that point, I had to put filters on my like financial filters on my uh, contact page on my website so that I wasn't just getting every single possible lead from across the nation. Because my what do you mean email, financial filters? Like budget. Is oh. your budget start at this? Because I was getting leads from all over the nation that right. were, you know, their budget was like a thousand dollars to do right. this wedding on a Saturday, and 
you know, whenever. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. And I, no. I was getting, I was trying to answer all of these leads and, and it was just oh taking God. up so much right, of my you're time. Like, do my kid's birthday party. And you're like, yo, you don't understand what you're asking. Yeah, right. 100%. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and so financial filter in the sense of that you had a, a reply ready to go or they had to click a button that said, it, you know, what's your budget before oh. they could send me a con like uh, an inquiry. And that's through TikTok or through anything. That was through, so I was guiding people to my website. Okay. So it was a contact page on my website. So they go, they go to TikTok. They would, sometimes they send me DMs, but I tried to set it up so it said book now, go to a link tree. Then it would say, contact oh. me here. It was send to the contact page. Got so it was like a nice funnel. Right. But um, I had to put the, the budget on there to get basically serious inquiries only. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. It, but yeah, that first, those first couple months were just nuts. Oh my God. Trying to manage all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And that was mainly through TikTok, but then you went back to Instagram and sort of were feeding Instagram, the TikTok videos and building your Instagram back up as well. Right. Yeah. So I started posting Instagram early on, but it wasn't getting a lot of attention on Instagram. So I was like, you know right. what? I'm just going to focus on TikTok. Yeah. And that's what I did for the year. And then the summer of 2022, I decided I'm going to try this again and try to recreate what I did on TikTok and do it on Instagram. Yeah. And I went from a couple thousand followers um, to, I don't know, it just took off right away. Yeah. A couple of viral videos and right. it just has been continuing to grow. Right. Uh, but that's where the Warren G. Morgan Walla mashup actually blew up was earlier this year. Was and on went, Instagram. It was on Instagram. Okay. It got like eight, nine million follows or uh, views on TikTok. But he, uh, it, on Instagram is when people started to take the sound and make videos using that sound. Okay. Like a DJ, like there's this comedian guy who he, he didn't have a big following, but um, he did one of those, like he was pretending he was a DJ. And it right. said, when your you know, white friend requests country, a, a hip hop set. Oh, I saw him. I saw that video. And he's like looking over. He's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. And he plays Morgan Wallen and that. His video is actually what made it blow up. Totally, because I saw that video as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then people started reacting to it in their cars. Right, like, like what is this? Oh, you're right. This does go. Oh, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah saw, it I, just went all. I mean, it was everywhere. Wow. Um, Have you ever talked to that guy? <laughs> yeah, a little bit on the back end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. I was actually kind of mad at him at first because he didn't give me any credit. Right. So people would come to me and I'd say, hey, no, that's my like I made that because it didn't even give you credit in the sound. No, because he made it his own sound. That's what I, I hate that. It's so but it's I feel like now it's starting to do what YouTube does where it hears it and makes it like I posted a it video is recently yeah. and I just had a song going in the background and then it credited that song automatically. And I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. So maybe it, things, you know, it's getting better at that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it sucks. Yeah. When it just but, says original audio and you're like, no, that's my thing. Like I, or I know where that's from. Yeah. I, it, you know, at first I was kind of I was just kind of upset with him about it but then and i and i pro i confronted him in the on the back end not in a bad way but i was like hey man you like you didn't give me any credit yeah and, uh he was really apologetic and then I, that's when i realized okay let's do this in a positive way right all these videos are out there without my name on it i want to get some credit for it and i want to build my brand yeah and let people know that i made that like yeah. i made that mix right so i just went into i had my people my followers tag me anytime they saw the video and I wasn't tagged in it. So oh, I had like, cool. I had them all do a lot of work for me that's and, great. Help me. and when I get tagged, I'd go in, in the comment section and be like, yo, thank you for 
making a, a video with my my the song I made. That's uh, great. And then people and then, know to go to you and go, oh, he oh, also he has the Chris Stapleton one or, you know, whatever else. Yeah. And so it grew my page. That, like I had to really hustle to do that, but that helped grow my page. Oh, that's I, cool. I, people would be annoyed by it. Like, oh, here he is again in this video talking about whatever. Like, I was like, sorry, you know what? I made the damn sound. <laughs> I made the sound and I just, I want to make the most of it. Yeah. You know, why not? That's cool. No, it's a good approach. I didn't think about that. Um, and also, I mean, I think there's something of the marriage of the hip hop and the country, which I mm. think strikes some kind of nerve with people too, because it's so separate in people's mind. You know, anybody that likes hip hop would hate country, you know, and anybody that likes country would hate hip hop in the generalization. Obviously that's not true, you know, but yeah. So I think that seeing it go so well together. And I think that's where that guy's video hit that X factor because you're like, wait, this guy, oh, oh, you know, it's like, it, and his facial expressions with it, you know what I mean? 100%. So I think you hit something with that, and then doing it again with the Chris Stapleton and some of the other ones you've made, um, you know, it, it feeds into that. It's almost like, that's not your genre. I've seen you do a lot of other cool, interesting mixes, but I think that's a thing you're known for I'm in known a way, for that right? Now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's something that's cool to to make your thing, you know, in a way, like the hip-hop country mashup person you know yeah that also can do anything else obviously but you know yeah that would, i mean for sure i i don't want to only do that of I course don't think i'd be fulfilled trying to just go the whole country hip-hop route but it's no but i think it it's a cool and, thing to build on and to be known for and yeah just like any artist i mean they all start with this thing that they're known for and then as they get known as just someone who's talented then they can branch out into anything else they want yeah and put out all the different things and i'm and, so yeah. I, sorry i'm so no, gr- i'm so grateful that i yeah figured that did out that. <laughs> did that right and i'm so grateful for the guy that made the video. Right. Like I was upset at first. But I'm like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, all these people are sharing. They may not be tagging me, but like, how cool, like right. they're exposing it all out, putting it out there for me. Yeah. So. You never know what's going to help. Something that seems bad could end up being good in the long run. Yeah. 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 And just putting the stuff out there and ideas are infinite. You know what I mean? There's always going to be new music, you know? So you're just breaking down the Jack Harlow thing and putting the sample and showing people what it was. And like, that didn't exist a month ago. You know, like there's always going to be new things and new ideas. And obviously you're talented and have a certain ability to hear music in a certain way, different than other people. Mm. And that's what makes you unique. And so you're always going to have new things, whether someone takes it. It's, that's what happens with mixes. I make up, you know, someone does it and it's like, okay, well we just have to come up with new ones. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we DJs have millions of millions of sounds and songs to, yeah. to choose from. Like exactly. I could, if I just sat in my room and just made transitions all day, I yeah. wouldn't ever run out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I want to do. I mean, like, so it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, it's a gift, man. Totally. And so, which, so uh, kind of getting the sense that TikTok helps you get this credibility, leads, uh, ability to say, I have a million follower type thing. But that Instagram, sometimes I've noticed this from other people I've talked to too, is, somewhat more tapped into sometimes the the corporate businesses, the big, huge event planners, the um, big corporations that might invite you to come do a gig. So, like, you got approached by, I think you said Chevy, right, to do mm-hmm. uh, something, and that was through Instagram. So is that something that – am, am I right about that? that you are. The um, – Instagram can be more impactful with half a 400 something thousand followers 
than TikTok with 1.3 million. Not that TikTok's not doing anything, but that you might get some bigger business deals or meet some more impactful people and long-term relationships through Instagram. 100%. Okay. Instagram is where the business is at. Right. Is how I view it. Yeah. Um, I have gotten business from TikTok, but of for course. example, Chevy, um, it's amazing. Like a lot of CEOs of execs at corporations follow me and on Instagram, not TikTok. They're hanging out on Instagram. Totally. And I think that's an important fact that like maybe their kids see you on TikTok, but they also just follow you scroll past. Like it's not as I'm more involved in people's lives that I follow on Instagram than TikTok. TikTok, I see them like once in a while, maybe mixed with a million other people I don't know. Yeah. Instagram, I see the same people all the time. So I kind of know what they're doing, you know, and they see their life. So I think that yeah. and like the CEOs of every corporation are on there and they're going to be more likely to follow you on there than TikTok. But the TikTok can help you in the pitch deck when they're pitching to the CEO. Hey, let's book this guy. We want, we want to give him 10, 20, 30, whatever, a thousand dollars. He has 1.3 million TikTok followers. I think that will help also with the negotiations in a way. So it's not something to ignore or. Yeah. Bad, it gives right? you credibility. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it bolsters your numbers and gives you more leverage in the negotiations probably and stuff. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Not to make everything business, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a business. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it, yeah, it all benefits the. Right. Goals that I have for my life and, yeah. and such. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so, and what about like the reposting thing? Like I know that even with some of my videos, like you constantly gain new followers. So like I'll post a video and then a year later or however long later, I'll post that again and I'll just get some of the same people and all kinds of new people commenting, sharing, and it's a whole new thing. So it almost feels like it's helpful to repost videos on a consistent basis in a way, especially the popular ones. Is that true or something you've noticed? <laughs> Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Like I repost my best videos all the time. So okay. I probably posted the Warren G one four or five times maybe. Right. Um, and it just went, I reposted it last week and it's at, I think, I don't know, two or 3 million views. The new one. Same old video from 2022. I reposted it again. <laughs> went viral. So I just think about it. Like, okay, if I have, so let's say when I originally posted it, I had 100,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Now I have 400,000. That's 300,000 followers that may not have seen that. Maybe they've seen that one, but a different video. Right. And then there are millions and millions and millions of people that have never seen who I am. If it gets out there, that's a whole other group of people that can see it. Why not use my best stuff yeah. over and over, but not too much to help it get more exposure? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, reposting is great. Okay, and we have and we have you know, at least my videos. They're t kind of timeless. Yeah, you know, I'm not reposting an old, you know, live DJ set from whenever. Right. It like we're like, oh, that's old. Like, that, yeah, that no, party no, happened a year ago. That it's just you never know when that video came out. Right. Totally. Until yeah. I start looking old, and then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, remember back then uh, yeah, I did the uh, Morgan Wallen trend. Did you get Botox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like. <laughs> doing an ad for Botox. <laughs> You're like, I'm sponsored by the yeah. uh, Botox company. Um, okay, that's interesting. And so what about like, do you, were your most surprising followers? Have you had people reach out to you that you couldn't believe? I know we discussed Warren G. Obviously, that was insane. Is there anyone else that you've been like, this person's following me or they reached out or they reposted that you were like, holy crap, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a few randoms. Uh, 
you know, like I grew up loving Ken Griffey Jr., for example. Of course. <laughs> he follows me, you know. And like, That's so you know, cool. Just people like that. Like that we have iconic. a baseball card. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, cool. I don't know, man. Uh, there's a country artist, that Jake Owen, that follows me. We've had some conversations. He's on Morgan Wallen's label, and he's nice. just like a good dude. Um, yeah, I mean, Salt and Pepper shared my stuff. and You know, so just dope. some iconic yeah. names that, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. And I th- and you mentioned something earlier that was interesting about public speaking and personal development, and that that's something you had to work on to be able to even do these videos and to feel mm-hmm. comfortable in these situations. Um, can you expand on that a bit? Yeah. So I was a shy DJ, and when I started doing weddings, I realized I can't be a shy DJ because I have to actually MC. I would literally when the the bride yeah. would come to me and say, "Hey, we need, will you let people know it's time for dinner? We need to go to this other room." I'd grab the mic and set it down and go walk around and be like, Hey everybody, it's time for dinner. Hey, you know, it, it oh, was that's so funny. bad. Right. I was so scared to get on a microphone that I, I finally just was like, I have to overcome this fear and, and, um, went to Toastmasters for four years and learned how to not be afraid of public speaking, oh. learn how to have good. So wait, what is that? What's Toastmasters? It's uh, basically a speech club that oh, cool. you are surrounded by. It's kind of like a safe space, if you will, of people yeah. that support you and you give speeches and you learn how to speak um, impromptu uh, impromptu speeches and have oh. good interpersonal personal communication. Right. Um, very beneficial. And I learned how to look people in the eyes when I'm talking to them, which is what I do on video. Like I'm looking in, I'm looking at them yeah. and connecting with them. And I think those, that skill specifically has really helped me connect with um, people through social media. And That's it's great. helped me just have the confidence to, to put myself out there like that. I don't think if I don't, if I didn't overcome that fear, I, I probably would never go out on social media right. like that. Yeah. You seem very comfortable in your videos and, and you do have a professional way of talking to people, but chill, not like salesman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Kind of That's thing. cool. Yeah. So Toastmasters like, Sort of a nationwide thing or something or worldwide. Oh wow, yeah, it's a worldwide. I look into that. <laughs> yeah, I listened. So my brother sent me that book, like I said in 2011, yeah. and that just took me down this rabbit hole of, of personal development. And I listened to this um, guy named Jim Rohn. He's a business philosopher. Like philosopher. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's great. Um, and he talked about Toastmasters, and then that uh, I looked it up, and I was like, you know, we have five different clubs in my area. They're all oh, wow. over the place. Oh, cool. So I went to those. Yeah. That's great. What are some other personal development things or books or people like that you've, you know, checked out? Um, I'm trying to think about that. So one of the things that I did over the last four years or so is a program called 75 hard, okay. which is a, I've heard of a that. mental like, toughness program. You're doing like two workouts a day, drinking and, water, drinking reading books, of water. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I, I looked it up cause I see people posting online. I'm like, Oh my God, can I do this? Is it beneficial? Like, did you like it? Was it helpful? Some of the most amazing things have come to me. My, or, uh, has, ha- ha- has happened to you like by doing it. A lot of amazing things have come through my business because of me being on 75 hard because I'm so locked in mentally. Um, I'm just, I've created so much momentum in my life that I'm, I'm getting shit done more more productive. How often do you do it? I mean, you can't do it every, all the time, (laughs) right? No, you can't. I've completed it three times. Maybe like a master cleanse or something, right? Like you do it and then you wait a long time. Well, I feel like you do it once. And if you really do it the right way, you're going to set, create some new, I don't know. Habits. Um, habits. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Some new habits. 
that stick with you. Not all of them, but you get some and then you right. just build on that. Okay. So I just continued to, to do it every, you know, at least once a year. Wow. The reason I went and set that 30 day goal was because there's an extension of 75 hard, which is like this phase where you have to set, um, not only do all those, but you have to do, th- um, three like powerless tasks a day, three things that'll move you forward in your life. Oh, okay. And that's why I set the five to seven Instagram stories for 30 oh, days. Okay. So because of that program, I set that goal and all those things. Right. But I'm, so I'm all cool. about that. Like, how can I get a little bit better? Yeah. Um, you Love know, when that. I was younger, I'd set big goal or not younger, but in my business in 2011, 2012, yeah. I'd set some big goals. And that Jim Rohn guy, he said, uh, don't set a goal to become a millionaire just to become a millionaire. Right. Set a goal to be a millionaire of, because of what it will, what you have to, the person you have to become in order to be that yeah. millionaire to set that, you know, be to get yes. that goal. And so those are the things that that's the way I've always approached um, my business in life. It's just, that's interesting thinking that way. That's how cool. can I be a little bit better? Who came up with 75 hard? I wonder, uh, his name's Andy Frisella and he owns first form, which is a supplement company okay. in St. Louis, Missouri. And he's, yeah, he, he, he came up with it and crazy. Yeah, it's all over. Everybody's oh, doing it. Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like all over Instagram and everywhere. Oh, yeah. I see people doing it, but I get it. I mean, <clears throat> I think personal development is like a big thing for everybody now. You know, it never used to be so yeah. all over the place, but I think it can help you in so many ways. Um, it's I, cool to see how it how it's helped you. Yeah, I think it's just being the best version of yourself. Like right. How can you do that? And then that then you show up, and that shows up in your business, that shows up in your family life, and, yeah. and everywhere. So cool. It's inspirational. Not perfect by any means. Don't get me wrong. No, of course no one is, but I think there's people that can acknowledge that and there's people that don't, you know? So, yeah. And I just think that that's something that I owe. I I feel like I need to tell people it's like that. That's an important part of my journey. Yeah. You know, I didn't, yeah, I had a lot. I had to overcome a lot of mental insecurities and things like that to get, to get to a point. Totally. It sounds like it. And I think a lot of DJs do. We're all, a lot of us got into it for that reason. Like you said, of just doing the, music and as a hobby and just for fun we didn't think this would be our job or something yeah. we would put our whole you know be having to think from a business-minded standpoint and supporting a family through literally dj gigs you know Never and owning clue, dj companies. yeah yeah, yeah totally. so <clears throat> i think to keep trying to grow and get better through that is like what we need to do you know otherwise just kind of be stagnant or just doing the same thing over and over 100 percent. yeah um so I know we mentioned earlier this week you were in Vegas and you got to play a private event at XS, which is just one of the, you know, (laughs) iconic, most incredible clubs in Vegas and in the world. Um, So that must have been incredible. Do you want to tell us about that? What what was the gig? How how was it? What was your experience like? How was Vegas? Tell us everything. Yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, I had not played in a a Vegas club before. Okay. You know, it wasn't public. It was private, but that place was packed. It was uh, Exponential Fitness. It's they have a a show every year for their employees. It's a big company party end of the year thing. And they're yeah, it was it was pretty epic. So it was me and then uh i opened i didn't know until last week last week that i was opening for ludicrous oh wow so i was pretty yeah that was, i was pretty stoked about that um but they so it's funny because the owner is about my age mm-hmm. and his daughter who i think is about 10 daughter son i think it's a daughter picks the dj for each of these parties so last year i think it was dj precise and uh maybe snoop Oh, wow. The people that were in. Yeah. And, uh, so this is coming from TikTok. <laughs> it came from TikTok. The daughter 
got to yeah. pick it. She's like, I want that TikTok DJ. That's amazing. Because <laughs> Precise is huge on TikTok, he's too. He's massive. Yeah, and he's yeah. so cool and good. And that's, like, yeah. Uh, wow. So when I heard that, I was like, that, and that's awesome. Um, I was honored. So they hit me up right after their last year's party. So I got to do it. Amazing experience. That's yeah. so cool. Yep. Yeah, that's great. I mean, those corporate gigs are amazing, right? Like I did one last week too for like a huge company and I played and then they surprised everybody by having a full performance from Pitbull, like in the middle of my set. And it was like, it was just amazing to watch, you know, and like these companies have just crazy budgets and, you know, go all out for their employees. And that's a fun thing too, as, as being in this quote unquote corporate world, but doing the cool corporate stuff mm-hmm. is fun. And some of the internal parties, you know, like I'll go next month and I'll do this two day party for zoomies. And I mean, just watching the way they treat their employees is so inspirational and so yeah. cool and be like, Oh my God, they're doing all this for them. And I've done this party for over 15 years, like every year and seeing them bring out everybody from like little Wayne to, you know, <clears throat> like odd future to, dead mouse and you know and yeah. and the kids never know the employees never know what's going to happen and they're so surprised and, <laughs> um you know it's cool to be part of that and just like everybody's so happy and so grateful and so thankful and so such a different experience than a nightclub you know yeah um yeah, and the sure. rates and the budgets are better i mean if a place is renting <laughs> out excess and they're booking ludicrous you know they probably have more money but but not just money like they respect you as an artist DJ more, you know what I mean? You get treated better and I think they respect your skills and your ideas and what you're bringing to the table rather than a club that's just going to go, all right, just play this shit, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you get, that's that's spot on. Even coming from the mobile DJ world where the DJs aren't necessarily that respected. That's a private event, one thing, but then there's like the different types of private events that like will treat you on a different level, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, for those you have everything things. you need. I'm like, you're asking me if I have everything I need? Oh, my like, God. When they're like, <laughs> like what do you need in like, your green room? <laughs> 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 Hospitality. I'm like, uh, salami amazing. and crackers. I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, it's cool, man. I, That's I, great. I love it. Yeah. So cool. I'm glad you're getting to experience that. I'm sure there's there'll be much more to come. Um, and you've been negotiating it all yourself and doing it all. Yeah, figuring it out, <laughs> just still. learning and talking to people like you and yeah. uh, some other, you know. Yeah, we, we got on a call. Like, I was happy I... to, you know, tell you. You said pre- you talked to Precise, uh, or or a no? I... Bit. I've hit him up. Yeah, okay. but um, or no? What did you just say? Sorry, I interrupted. Um, I was just saying I have a couple other, you know, people that I've reached out to that have oh, right. supported me, and like, what do I do here? Yeah, you know, because it's kind of I feel like I. I knew my world before this happened and now I'm yeah. in this sort of no man's land for me Yeah, because it's not my world. It, well, it is now, but it like I had to kind of start over and make sure I make the right moves and decisions and charge the right amount and yeah. make sure I'm not getting screwed over. On, right. You know, I don't know, flights and all the things. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's hard. Like I heard you on another podcast that was not a DJ based podcast, but you're talking about raising rates and different things like yeah. that. And, you know, I thought that was interesting there's no like book for DJs to know how much to charge. You know, I'm always of the school of like charge more, you know what I mean? And just get them to negotiate. And then obviously if it's, they're hard on the price, then you have to decide if you're going to walk away or not. But I think a lot of, DJ's rates at like clubs and for mobile things have stayed stagnant for like 20 years, you know, and like everybody's scared (laughs) to raise it up because they're just like, I don't know. And I'm lucky to be doing this. But it's like, 
as an industry, we should be helping each other by all raising rates and and communicating. Like I'm in a group, I'm in a chat with a couple of my really good friends, and he got offered a crazy wedding in like Italy, and he's like, I don't know what to say, and da da da. And then so I get my other friend on the chain, and we've both done things like that, and we're like, I would say this, oh, I would say this, oh, cool, okay, I might do this, you know, and we just give our experience to each other to try to help each other out and let, allow hopefully him to get a, a large amount of money, which is fair. We're in no way trying to rip off the client, but we're trying to show that it co- it takes a lot of time to go all the way to Italy. Yes. It's yeah. really cool, but it's taking a lot of time out of your life and the amount of prep that's going to go into the DJ set is huge. You know what I mean? For that wedding, like we're going to spend <clears throat> days, weeks, like researching music, this mm-hmm. gig I'm going to do next week. Like, Oh my God, the amount of specific things they want me to do in these types of music and artists and things. It's very specific. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm going to charge a high amount, you know? And we started at a higher amount. They gave me a lower amount. Then we negotiated to a point where we're both happy, you know? And like, that's what I think some DJs are scared to do. But I think as long as you figure out a way to word it correctly, um, and that's where like, learning to write and speak is very helpful. Right. And be like concise with your words and be, um, you know, not, not like confrontational, just be open to things, but also strong and not like weak, like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, is it okay? You know, like this is what's up. This is how much I usually charge this is what I do for these kind of things. Obviously I want to work with you. It's our first time working together. I want to build a relationship. Like, let me know what works on your side. And there's ways to speak to people, right? And um, raise your rates, I guess. That's spot on. That's one thing I always studied or studied at last like five years is sales. Like the yeah. podcast you heard me talk about that on, the guy is named Alan Berg and he's a wedding pro sales kind of guru guy. Right. It's really smart. He had I some buy, interesting his points. books and I studied his books and I go, how do you, how do you formulate an email from a lead that's coming in? How do you respond? And I yeah. just took that, studied it and now use it for outside of the wedding industry. And it's benefited me a lot. That's great. You got to know how to communicate. Yeah. Do it the right way confidently. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has some cool points like about that and then deciding that you're only in a certain price range and then figuring out how many gigs you'd have to work per year to be happy with yeah. filling those in in the price range. So, cause every DJ I think is addicted to being like, I want to DJ every night, bro. And like have this calendar. that's like every night I'm DJing. It's like, but okay. If you're DJing every night for a hundred dollars, like you're going to burn out and become an alcoholic or die. Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, there has to be a, it all depends on what you want. I think, yeah. It depends but, on what you want. But at the end of the day, as we grow up and try to like make it into a real business and be yeah. able to like pay a mortgage and health insurance and all that stuff, you want to be able to work smarter, not harder, I guess. I think so. And I just am motivated to change my family tree, if you will. And, yeah. And say, it's like, how do I become a millionaire as a DJ? Yeah. In little Boise, Idaho doing weddings. How can I do yep. that? And, yeah. I, and I just like, they've tried to work <laughs> towards it. It's like, it's I just, possible. And I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to charge 10K, 20, like I'm going to figure it out. And, right. Um, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and that, once you hit- those are my goals, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, but which it's is all possible. And yeah, I think I think we do get stuck in that that rut of uh, no, this is what you charge if you're in a club. This is what you charge if you're locally doing, you know, some corporate event. They only cap at twenty five hundred. Yeah, but do they? Right, we have decided that. I don't think necessarily the clubs or the people have decided that. If 
the, the people hiring you, like we've decided that yeah. collectively. Right. So we, I think there's opportunity for all of us. If we just came together and tried to grow and try to try to make more money, you it could, it could be possible. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then <clears throat> just figure out ways to sh- explain to them your value and how you can work together. And, sure. and if it's someone that's going to hire you for a hundred events, is it someone that's just going to be this one time? You know, it, there's so many different factors that go into factors. it. Yeah. yeah Nothing's sure. ever the same. And I'm still trying to navigate all of that too. You Me know? too. It's like, it's like never yeah. Oh, um, it's, it's nonstop. I mean, even next week, like I'm doing this event and I'm doing, um, this thing for Netflix, like the rebel moon. Um, they're coming out this movie rebel moon, uh, and I'm DJing the red carpet and the after party. So that alone is a different negotiation because I have to be there at like five o'clock DJ, the red carpet from five 30 to seven 30, as they come down, do interviews, mm. the five 30 to six 30 is to like hype up the crowd. Who's going to be like on Hollywood Boulevard waiting for the celebrities to come. The celebrities are going to come six 30 to seven 30. And they need the music to be clearable, like cleared already by Netflix because if they're interviewing this big celebrity and then they want to put it on every news station, they can't have crazy music in the background. So I'm working with the Netflix music team to try to get songs from the movie that could still work as a DJ. And then it's Netflix's final uh, sort of big, huge party and premiere of the year. So they want the after party, which is like a three hour after party till one in the morning. They want everyone to dance and go crazy. So then I have to work really hard to make that happen, you know? And so that's a lot to me. That's studying the actors, the director, anybody that's going to be in the movie. Is there any clues I can get onto what, who they are, what age, where they're from, what kind of music they might like? Have they posted a playlist? You know, like I'll go crazy trying to hit every angle on that. And, um, and that's worth something. Exactly. So the, I, I was like, why am I even saying this? But the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it stemmed from me saying like, yeah, like that's what you bring to the table and that's your worth. And that's why you try to charge more and negotiate. And then if they say, okay, we just have this amount, then I decide, okay, will I do that? Yes. I mean, it's a high profile gig. It's really cool. I've done yeah. so much work with them. They've hired me on a consistent basis. Um so I'll work with them on whatever, you know, their rates are, which, and you, you kind of know, know like, great. you know, if you're getting an insulting reply, yes. yeah. right? Totally. So, nah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going right. you know, to do it for nothing. And a lot of that stuff for me comes from um, relationships with event planners too, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of the DJs see like, oh, you're working with this brand. And like, yes, you can get in with the brand event people and that's good as well, but you want to get in with event planners because these event planners are the people that will be selling you to everyone. They'll sell you to Netflix, Hulu, NBC universal, HBO and everybody. Cause they're doing events for everyone or these wedding planners will be doing a, they have relationships with the event planner in the Bahamas, you know, Mexico, everywhere, you know, Tuscany, Italy, you know? And so they'll be like, I know this great DJ from Boise, you know, we should yeah. fly him out. And so like, those are the different, people I think it's important for people to realize to develop their relationship with as well. That's a really great point. Cause this year I was just taking anything that kind of came my way. Right. But I'm realizing, oh, it's more about establishing the kind of the core group of um I can't think of the word I have an actual folder in my Gmail that's of Contacts. industry connections. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like those are the people I want to work with. Those are the cities I want to go to. Like I'm yeah. starting to figure that stuff out. So I'm not just all over the place, but I'm really building um you know, strong foundation of right. of relationships with planners and 
Yeah, the planners are the yeah. best. Love you, event planners. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like I love them. You know what I mean? Like they are. I just like can't express to them how grateful I am for them to, you know, recommend me for these things. You know, there's like I'm like these things I constantly do. I'll be I'm going to Sundance Film Festival next uh, month and. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, over 15 years I've been working with this one event planner that I'm doing it with, you know, and it's just like, I'm so appreciative that every year she'll try to sell me to Chase Sapphire, you know, whatever brands and and explain why I'm valuable to them and I will make them have the best party ever. And if they have a movie premiere, I'll study the people for the movie and do that kind of set, almost like a music supervisor. If they have a special party for Chase Sapphire Reserve card holders, I'll make it the craziest party ever, like we're in Vegas or something, you know, and like whatever they need me to do, I can bring that to the table, you know, so... It's those those relationships, um, and then being a good person within all of it, doing yeah. a good job when you're there. Are you fun to work with? Are yes. you easy to work with? Are you like multidimensional in the right. way you DJ? Yeah, I think that is beneficial in what you do. What yeah, we do totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was another thing I heard Alan say on that podcast was like. Someone said to him, oh, you're the most expensive person we work with, but you're the easiest person to work with. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing to be. And he wasn't yeah. saying it was bad, but I think that's – don't that's be afraid great. to be that person. You know, yeah, like be easy to work with. There's a reason why you're expensive and you're also easy to work with and you're going to do the exact job they want, you know, and make – and you want to make the event planner look good, you know, because oh, yeah. everybody has a boss to look good to. Yeah. In the nightclubs and all of it, you know. Yeah. Um. What um oh man we got so much so many cool you know gems I feel like we're dropping for people <laughs> yeah. um I uh so you've worked with have you worked with other like business coaches and um people like that I have a, a personal business coach you do she's like a yeah in local okay in Boise and she's like my psychologist slash business coach oh cool and she gets me clear helps me get clear on what you know, my goals are my intentions and then helps me create some plans to, yeah. you know, move forward on my goals. How often do you meet with her? Uh, once every two weeks. Oh, okay. So we'll meet for about an hour. You know, we just had one kind of a deep dive. It was longer than that to f- kind of help me set my goals and intentions for 24. And that's how did you meet her? Like, how did that even come about? I just put it out on Facebook after I um, dismantled my multi-op DJ company. Yeah. I was just like, I need a, I need a business coach, like someone that can help me. So I just put it out on Facebook and she came up a couple of times. I messaged her and now she's so since 2020, right before the pandemic. Wow. Um, so she's, she's seen been, your she's whole journey. Oh my God. Pre- I've seen her journey too. She was kind of new and up and coming and really? I just really resonated with, uh, her style and, and it's been very cool. Very beneficial. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's almost like therapist slash business coach. It's a mix, man. Yeah. <laughs> she helps me when I'm, you know, cause who you are, who the way you think, like that all reflects in your business. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're down, you're not going to be as productive or as effective. If you're, yeah. you know, I don't know. But mm-hmm, she true. helps. She helps me kind of see things in a different way. Yeah. Um. So I always love I love meeting up with her. Great. That's that's cool. And you also have a radio show that you do, right? Yeah, a local like party station hit me up. Okay. Recently, and and so now I do a, a weekly Saturday show on Wild One Hundred and One. They have nice. like a free app, so I can like sh- actually share it with my followers who aren't in town. Right, people and can, they can listen, listen on the weekends. And yeah, how do you like that? It. Is that hard to keep up with, bro? Honestly, man, it's it's a two hour set each week, and it's a it, sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's, 
It's a I mean, lot. It's a. It's. I think it's too much, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, but, I get uh, stressed out about trying to change my set every week in a lounge live. You know, like a three hour set. So I can't imagine doing it on an app like you want to have it different every time. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can do it different every single time. Like no, you can't. And, and they have, I mean, it's and the you radio have songs so, you have to play. Right, too. the rotations, the yep. heavy rotations. So you know, so. songs in the A category have to be played two to three times in an hour, and the right B's have to one to two times, and so it's a lot of. Uh, doing my style with what they need me to play. Right. But it's been fun. It's a really good learning experience. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it. It keeps me, keeps me fresh on and new And where new can music. people listen? Uh, you could just say, hey, Alexa, play Wild 101. Oh, okay. And it'll pop up. Or there's a, an app, Wild 101. Okay. And yeah, when's so the show? Sat- uh, Saturday nights from uh, Mountain Time. So 8 p.m. to midnight. Okay. It's a two-hour set repeated. Nice. Yeah. Um, and do you... Did you or do you do like nightclub type stuff in Boise or mainly just the, you've been in the event world one way or another? Mostly the event world, although um, I'm itching to play out again So yeah. it, locally. So I, I was talking to my friend Drew Pierce about this before I came on. I'm like, yeah, I, I want I need a spot because he plays at what, like the bungalow? He plays you, bungalow. And you're doing like the floor room. And like we have little venues like that in Boise. Like, why why can't I do those you know a couple times yeah, a month and just totally stay out there stay fresh and what's regard. the scene like do you go out at all or are you just more family i know it's hard for me to go out Bro, it's uh, so hard point. to go out like, I mean, <laughs> I know. but we have some cool lounges and some some decent you know it's a boise state university's there so there's okay. they're like college bars and, right and places like that but there are some swankier places too um, right but yeah yeah nice it's it's decent but it's yeah not it's hard i know i have tonight <laughs> exactly one time i dj'd last night and you got to come i'm glad you and drew got to come yeah, uh to my gig guys. yeah so cool we we had the Beatport uh 20th anniversary last night and we got to go this crazy hangar i don't know what it was what what even was that? We were at the Burbank have, Airport. It was like that was at the airport. Like it was behind the airport. I know a plane flew like right. Like no, we were in the airport. Like that's the airport I prefer to fly out <laughs> of. Like idea. when I go to anywhere, Vegas or Salt Lake City, I try to get flights from there because tiny airport. It's so easy to deal with, and in it's way house. closer to my house. But we were in like what I thought was going to be an airplane hangar, but it was some sort of venue there. Um, but pretty dope. They had um, a bunch of different DJs. Um, when I walked in, Miles O'Neill was playing, and he's Shaq's son. Shaq's son, right? And yeah. he was killing it, dude. Like, yeah. I was shazamming some of his stuff. I couldn't even get it. He played some remix of Flashlight, George Clinton. That was really dope. Um, no, I didn't hear that. That's cool. it was, I was, that was the one I was like, <laughs> I got to get that. I tried, tried to find it. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to search this weekend. But then Cascade played. It was like 7 p.m., and like Cascade's playing like the most epic set. And I'm like, so good. Middle of the. <laughs> Day, like it felt like, dark. You know, yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> but that was really cool. Yeah, so, ran into so many people there, and then you guys got to come to my gig. Um, yeah. so it was a long night, I was like so tired this morning. I bet, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, same here. But I'm off tonight and tomorrow, which is such a weird thing. It's like the first weekend, I'm like fully off, and there's a bunch of events. Um, I even saw some people last night, and they're like, Come out to my thing, and I'm like, Oh, I want to go out, but then I just talked to my wife, and she's like, You know, we have to leave at 7 a.m. for the soccer tournament in Anaheim. And I'm like, <laughs> there comes that life balance, like, oh, yeah, I'm a dad. that's where it's like hard to go out because I'm like, I there's this spot I want to go tonight and still DJ, but then I'm like, I'm gonna feel horrible, and you know, it won't even get going till like 11:30, and then oh yeah, you're not getting be, any sleep if you no. Do. <laughs> so I'm probably not going. Sadly, yeah. There's that balance. Like, okay, what's, that clone, what's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, for sure, the robot version of me to be able Sunglasses, to glasses, hat, hoodie, yeah, just like hiding out. Because <laughs> well, then I feel like crap all day at his soccer game, and 
it's like, where do you want to feel like shit? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give him the worst version of myself, you know. Yeah, what do you want to give your Yeah, It's your hard. Kids. If it was work tonight, I would do it, but... And it's hard, because that is kind of work going out, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, um... Oh, and I saw, also, I was just kind of going through your Instagram, and I saw that, um... You went to the Adam Sandler show. Uh, was that in Idaho? That was. Okay, yeah. so great. He's finishing, I know he's finishing the end of the tour this weekend. They're like in Oklahoma or like a few things, but they were in Vegas last week and I wanted to go so bad. I went to the one in San Francisco. It was like the funniest thing ever. He's amazing. Oh he's my God. So, I wasn't sure. I'm like, oh, it's Adam Sandler. He's, you know, so is good. He's still right? like funny, young, like, when I grew up watching him and listening to him, he, no, it was beyond, he right? Was way better. Like than the whole been. show like, so with good. like the music and like he brought his daughter out this. at our, like ours and they sang a song together. His and, daughter, yeah. Oh no way! He traveled with her. So, yeah, it was a really cool. That's cool amazing. Experience. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know. I'm try. I um, I got to like. I do. I've DJed a bunch of his movie premieres, um, okay. for a lot of the movies, and then. Last summer, I got asked to be like a consultant on that um, bat mitzvah movie that he made. Like, yeah. it was a, it's called You Were So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. And there's a DJ in the movie, but he's just an actor. And they were like, Can we hire you to? This was a, an, exa an example of not knowing how much to charge because they're like, Can we hire you to? teach the actor how to be a DJ in the movie. And I was like, and they're like, how much do you usually charge? I'm like, I mean, usually like, I, this is the first time I've been asked to do this. Yeah. I'm like, usually I get about a million dollars. I could maybe give you a break on that. Yeah, what do you but, think? <laughs> um, but no, I definitely, but I definitely shot high and uh, got the reply of, well, we don't have that kind of budget, you know, but we can offer you this. And I was kind of thinking in my head, like, I would do this for free. This is incredible. So <laughs> whatever you give me, yes. You yeah. know, but it was still like good, good money. I couldn't even believe I was getting paid to do it. But I went in, got to go to his office here in Pacific Palisades. It was huge building and brought all, I brought three different setups, like a Rev 7, CDJ 3000s and S7. I brought uh, S11 or uh, 900 and turntables. And then I just showed the guy like how to use everything real quick. And then I showed him, I saved a million like TikTok and Instagram videos of DJs like doing stuff like heart hands and funny things that it would be funny to see a bar mitzvah DJ do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was such a cool experience, you know. Uh, awesome. And then I became friends with some of the people and they were like, he's going to do this show. And they invited me to the practice one that was here at this little tiny comedy club so i got to see it before they went on that tour um and i was like oh cool my god experience. so yeah, cool yeah. yeah and then they invited me to the san francisco one. i got to go and watch like the big show and that's when i was like holy crap this is incredible like yeah. what they're doing with this yeah his show so, was a blast i'm trying to get them to let me be an opener dj we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I've that's up, my goal I've some comedians actually. i want like, i hey, want to I do that you? i think it'd be a ton of fun that's what i'm saying i think it would be right i know i got to open they have this thing called the netflix is a joke festival and it's here it's all these comics and they let me open at some for that and um i uh yeah i'm i, I think it would be you know it's a cool combination to do like that so one yeah, day Chappelle has a his dj for sure right yeah, and Russell Peters is like huge, you know, okay. advocate of that. He used to have Spin Bad and starting from scratch. Spin Bad passed away, unfortunately, mm. but they would do a two by four thing, like one on each side of the stage, but they'd both be doing it together. And it was like the dopest thing ever. And now, like, he'll have starting from scratch and people uh, travel around with him and do it. That's cool. But yeah, it's cool to see 
them incorporate and Russell Peters is a dope DJ himself too, the comedian. He's okay. like, yeah, he's great. I've seen him like he can cut it up and really good himself. Yeah. So he really respects DJs and brings them, you know, brings them on tour and stuff like that. For sure. I mean, because it's kind of like a concert, right? Like the totally. headliner, yeah, the opening DJ to the rapper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so I think the right, and- the right combination. Exactly, you hype the crowd up, get them like having fun, then they can sit and laugh and mm-hmm. be relaxed, and it's like an icebreaker or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, um, what about? Are there any other topics we didn't hit on that you want to like talk to people about, or things that are important to you? Um, or we could just discuss kind of goals for the future, like a little more in detail, um, like or what you have kind of coming up, you know. Man, I think it's just, you know, navigating this new world for me has uh, been a blast, and I've, I, I see, <laughs> going back to this public speaking thing, yeah. I, I've, I've talked with some corporate event planners where, like, I think there's opportunity for me to get booked to speak and to DJ. And I think 100%. doing some sort of hybrid, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing something the first day of the conference, somehow incorporating what I do with, you know, corporate yeah. world and then DJing their, you know, part, that party that night and totally. finding ways to, to do both yep. and really bring value in a different way. And, um, I, th- I think that could be a, a, a cool like yeah. niche for me. No, I've seen people like Mick, uh, you know, Mick Boogie, who's called Mick, his Mick now, like he does a speaking as well as DJing thing. And, uh, this guy, DJ graffiti, I know, um, he's, you know, really deep in this corporate world and does so much great work and like really one of a kind stuff. He was kind of putting me onto the way he's doing it. And he just did this thing here. I think where, where your daughter's having the cheer competition yeah. and my son's having the soccer <laughs> tournament, he was doing some sort of, um, uh, convention there. And I think they asked him to do a speak, you know, a real speaking engagement as well as DJ the party. Yeah. And he was speak, he was telling me about it. And, um, yeah, I think that's a that is an opportunity for us. And even in the same way we're doing this podcast and hopefully people are able to learn from it and get insights from it. Um you could put together something like that. Like when I went to the DJ Collective last year mm-hmm. um in Nashville, that opened my eyes in that sense too watching some of the presentations some of the speakers did. They just had me on a panel and just me being able to speak on the panel and then go DJ that night was so cool cuz I had the same sort of vision like Man, I talk on this podcast all the time. I DJ these clubs all the time. It would be so cool to have sort of like a talking set in the way of a DJ set, you know, that that has a purpose and a message and a mission behind it mm-hmm. that I put together in a way that has examples and that can help some sort of group of people. You know, I haven't honed in on it yet either, but I feel yeah, yeah. a similar way because I feel like there is a lot of um I don't know, DJ self-help people out there right now. I've been noticing even with uh, Instagram threads and stuff, like people notice that if you post these positive things, you get more engagement, but it's led to some sort of like almost false positive, where it's just like people are just like trying to be helpful (laughs) when it's like, yo, you're telling people how to get gigs, but I don't even know if you get gigs. You know, I've been seeing some people like that, you know, like, well, I've been noticing the self-help thing, especially in LA is like huge. I meet a lot of people out here and I'm like, what do you do? Like you're super rich, you know, you're portraying you're super rich or you're super successful, Mm -hmm. but I actually can not figure out what you actually do. And I'm seeing that you're taking a lot of money from people by teaching them how to be successful, but are they becoming successful? And are you even successful? So 
if I ever did it, and I think I imagine you too, I'd want it to be a genuine thing that actually is helping people in a way, you know, and I love well, you've the- You've done something. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you've done something, something with your yes. life and business and you can give real exactly. information to them. Yeah, I want to be able to help them and watch them grow and, and do something that could genuinely help someone, you know, and- I love the educational side of it, you know, however that's tapped into. So I think, and I think that's something you could definitely do, you know, and, and turn into a, something that you sell as well, you know what I mean? And be yeah. able to go and do the speaking and do the party. Cause that's, there's not many people that could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like an exploration. I don't want right. to say, ah, I'm going to do this many a year. What it's yeah. like, let's just explore this and, for sure. and, and see how it goes and let it, naturally evolve yeah and see and see where it takes me but right i don't want to only do that right like i think no i'm in this like nice sweet spot where you know i'm in my 40s and yeah. uh it's like i still want to chase those like fun dj dreams of course and go in on that before it's i don't know too late right if you will yeah um i don't know when that would be but <laughs> me either like, it's like i don't want to try to do too much Yes. Uh, you know, still stay kind of focused yeah. on, on music and such right now, but you know, totally going to explore uh, that. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's, that's a really good goal and something that I think is achievable and yeah. is in your wheelhouse, you know, and like fits in. Um, and then what about like any other tips like for DJs, I guess on any front, I mean, from either social media or actual DJing or running a business or anything that's on your mind that you think could help people out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess in social media, the social media sense, um, if you're unsure about putting yourself out there, I think it's important that you do. And if you don't, um, if one thing you could do is is go on, uh, what am I trying to say? TikTok lives. Yeah. Even if you're not posting, if you could do TikTok lives and get some organic reach that way, you can start to build a following and start to build a culture around you and your right. music and your personality. Because TikTok lives, you, you can't go live on Instagram. You typically get kicked off for music copyright. Right. I've tried. But TikTok just will have endless DJs. If I scroll through that live thing, I'll be like watching a person pulling like metal out of a river with a magnet and then like 10 DJs. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what is all this? They're everywhere. <laughs> but if you could do it consistently, I mean, I did that for a while. I don't have the time anymore, but yeah. I, I was really consistent with it. And I grew um, a pretty good following before I really blew up, but just through doing those lives. Right. And to this day, I have a group of, I call them my super fans. They're just really cool. Um, but they're spread out all across the nation, but they are a group of friends now because of my TikTok live. So I've created That's this like, little culture of friendships and people and they st stick with each other. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of opportunity on TikTok lives right now. And we as DJs have, I mean, yeah, it's so easy to go live. Like if totally. you learn, you know, if you were just a real estate agent, what are you going to do when you're going live? Like right. you, you got to get pretty house. creative. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean like this is very engaging and can entertain people. So, For sure. um, well, we've seen it through Twitch. We've seen it through everything. And yeah. even at the Beatport party last night, it was funny. The amount of people I met that, I had to ask them if we've met in real life because I've been following them for three, four years and watching them all the time on streams and for hours at a time. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, I don't think we ever met before. <laughs> like, I feel like I know you, but like, uh, yeah. but it's, it's crazy how it can create that, that community and that feeling of knowing who, who each other are and, and um, stuff like that. And there's the streaming is still huge. I, I saw some women there last night that they, they're huge on Twitch, you know, and she was like, has this huge Sunday stream that's very successful. And it's mm -hmm. still a thing that I think people are doing on Twitch or, or TikTok or wherever. I see D nice on Instagram all the time still, you know, he's able to mix live. Yeah. 
He's the he's the one. <laughs> he's the chosen one. <laughs> the chosen one. I should get on Twitch. Actually, that's Twitch dope. But I mean, yeah. you know, D Nice blew up off Instagram lives, yeah, and yeah. he's always been on it. I think Instagram appreciates him and probably gives him a bit of a pass on it. But mm-hmm. he, um, to see him still doing that after he's gotten to like three point some million followers on there, he is he's booking massive gigs you know i did that netflix cup thing last week and he dj'd the after party and you know he's the go-to guy for like so much stuff i mean it's insane he's selling out huge venues the hollywood bowl you know doing concerts and (laughs) sky's the limit man you know and he's in his 50s so there is no too late i don't think i think you're right i know as i was saying that i'm like (laughs) next thing you know you're doing the hollywood ball and (laughs) warren g and morgan wallen are doing it live in front of you and you know you're putting together a don't get me excited. <laughs> you know, you don't know, man. You, you can put know. together the first hip hop country festival where they perform with each other, you know, okay, and I Eric like Rhodes presents. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Stuff you never you. know, right? I hear you. There's uh there's <laughs> ideas that I think you you will never know until you try and think about, right? That's so a good point. there's no too late and, and things just keep developing and um as we see all this, you know, even metaverse and all this crazy yeah. stuff developing, AI, everything, you know, they're Things that we never thought of will pop up, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Amazing, man. Well, thanks for coming and uh, sitting down and sharing all this knowledge with us. Um, Is there anything else you want to say? I don't want to just, you know, end it like that, but... uh no, I think this has been a great conversation. Me man. too. I, I loved it. it. Honestly, I'm looking up the books and the Toastmasters and <laughs> all, the all the things you mentioned. Uh, yeah, all that stuff is so interesting to me. You know what I mean? Like like you said, I've done a lot of stuff, but like I love to constantly learn and constantly work on my career and myself and different things. And I want to be the best version of myself for everybody around me and for my career. And I think that's important. And, uh, you know, the... The curiosity should never go away, you know, yeah. and the the learning from stuff. So, yeah, thanks for telling us all that stuff, yeah, and thanks absolutely. for coming here. And, uh, you know, we'll do – can't wait to see where you take things, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. See ya. All right. Thank you, Eric Rhodes, for taking the time to come down here. I'm so glad we were able to connect and you were in town and we made this happen in person. So many gems were dropped on this episode. I hope you guys took notes and I hope it was as interesting to you as it was to me. Uh, The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. You know we're available everywhere. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. Tell your friends. Write a review online. Help us grow. You know, we love doing this with you, but we love doing this together. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.